Coming to you from the HagmanReport.com studio. Located in the Keystone State, birthplace of a mighty nation, it's your host, Doug Hagman. The building blocks of the communist takeover, the globalist takeover of not just the United States, but the world. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Welcome to the Hagman Report, where truth can't be silenced, HagmanReport.com, HagmanReport.com, two ends on Hagman. And of course, that's there you can find all of our videos, uh, um, audios, and uh, print material. Be sure to subscribe to our feed on Rumble and on Brighteon. We don't use YouTube, never, never anymore, not anymore. Uh, it's a communist uh, uh, leftist platform, and certainly we don't want to give them a cent of our money uh, or time or, or energy or anything. Let them die on the vine um, or cause them to die on the vine. All right, so got a great hour to unpack this. I'm going to expose the building blocks of this communist take over what is taking place right now and be very specific about the events and about the people. All right. I'm, I'm, folks, you're the jury. I'm just presenting the information to you, the jury. I want to really set the foundation for this hour with this video clip. It's the video is over 50 years old. My, my friend, uh, G. Edward Griffin, um, certainly has aged uh, very well, very well. I hope, uh, I hope I'm doing the same, but he certainly has aged very well. But G. Edward Griffin gave this interview in 1969, gave this lecture presentation. It's, uh, it's, it's been edited down to about six minutes in length. But this will set the foundation for the rest of the hour. And if you've heard this before, fantastic, great. If you've seen it before, great. You may think, well, I don't need to watch it. But no, we need to watch it one more time. And one more time after that. And we need to spread this to everyone we know. Because what's contained in this is really the outline, the blueprint, the building blocks for what we're seeing take place today, whether it is the coronavirus, SARS-CoV-2, the weaponized biological agent out of communist China by the CCP, by the communist Chinese military, along with, you know, in tandem with the globalists here in the United States, uh, Fauci, um, uh, Ralph Barrick, and others at universities and at labs here in the United States. This is part of it. This is one building block, whether it is the uh, stolen elections from 2020. This is part of, this is a building block. But look at all of, everything that's happening today through the lens of this video. Let's go ahead and play clip A. As early as 1928, the communists declared that the racial differences among our people constituted the weakest and most vulnerable point in our social fabric. By constantly probing and straining at this one spot, they calculated that eventually the cloth could be torn apart and that Americans could be divided, weakened, and perhaps even set against each other in open combat. We mustn't kid ourselves into thinking 
that the communists have placed their agitators only into the black communities. They're working both sides of the street. They want hatred, violence, and bloodshed between the races, and they don't care how they get it or whom they use, even children if necessary. That the communist blueprint calls also for white retaliation and violence in the black communities. It's a very important objective for the Communist Party. So far, they've only been able to involve a small percentage of our Negro people in this war of national liberation. The great majority want no part of it in any form. But the one sure way to change that is to have white vigilante groups striking into the Negro sections supposedly to seek revenge. Ladies and gentlemen, the plans and preparations for a communist revolution of force and violence are far advanced. The organization behind these preparations has almost unlimited financial resources and it provides both training and leadership based upon years of experience in many other countries. Our enemies are deadly serious about their task and it's nothing short of national suicide for us to continue to ignore their plans and their progress. The strategy of the proletarian revolution calls for the quiet conversion of our government into a communist regime but under the banner of socialism. All right, that was the introduction right there. Um, now, notice what he said about the, uh, about the training and leadership based upon years of experience in many other countries. Now, I want to point this out, bring this up to the current day. And I'm looking at my notes here. You've got uh, BLM, admittedly Marxist-trained. This is a, uh, an organization rooted in Marxist ideology, Black Lives Matter. And it's, it, it makes no, there's no secret about this. Patrice Cullors, of course, having to resign or choosing to resign after she was found that, you know, purchased four homes. Um, you know, it, it's, 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 um, the rules are not for them. It's for us. But the, the thing is, Black Lives Matter, they're pushing their critical race theory into schools that's part of it. They're, they're Black Lives Matter. Of course, you see it painted on um, uh, roadways and parkways and such. You see it. You see it everywhere in sports, in promotions, uh, on businesses. We support, you know, Black Lives Matter or Black Lives Matter. Period. But notice that this is pushing in our education system, and this is where it comes to today. The educational system which was a target of the socialist slash communist, of the globalist. Again, this is so critically important that people understand this. The critical race theory, critical theory, if you look even in the Britannica or to a lesser extent Wikipedia, but if you, if you search this out, critical theory is a Marxist principle. You're talking about uh, Marx and Engels, who founded or who backed this critical theory upon which critical race theory is founded. So your children, if your school district has or is teaching, and chances are they are, critical race theory, it is a Marxist indoctrination. I'm going to show you this. Hopefully I'm going to show you this here in a little bit uh, if we have time for this. So the building blocks, that which... G. Edward Griffin had spoke about 52 years ago, a half a century ago. It's, it's happening today. 
but it's not just happening. It is taking on a different and, and more accelerated flavor. All right, let's continue. What is socialism? Well, what is socialism? All right, let's define it. According to the dictionary, socialism is a political concept based upon the principle of government ownership and control of property, the means of production, and the avenues of commerce. Under socialism, those who run the government, and the communists are confident that in America they eventually will be the ones who do so, those who run the government will know who is to get something and who has to wait, and that represents control over human beings. What has all this to do with the communist revolution in America? Well, ladies and gentlemen, it has everything to do with it because the building of socialism is the communist revolution in America. It represents the process whereby our country can be moved gradually toward communism without the people even being aware of it. No matter what grievance we may have, real or imagined, no matter what national problems we may face, the communists seize upon these as excuses to build socialism. They have one and only one solution for all problems. More government, more government, and then more and more until it's total government. And forgive me for saying it one more time. Total government is communism. All right. Now, right there, before we get into how communists respond when they lose an argument, um, which I, I can, in, in advance, I can say, we saw this with Fauci and Rand Paul as one example. But before we get into that, remember Agenda 2030. Remember the fact that um, the promotions, you, the Great Reset, we will use Klaus Schwab from the World Economic Forum, the entity that runs things, and you're going to see this either later in this clip or another clip, um, Hillary Clinton bowing down to the CFR. But anyway, the fact of the matter is this. They want your property. They want your stuff. But they want you dead. So I, I just, I don't know how else to say it. They, when I say they, I'm talking about these uh, people involved with the World Economic Forum, involved in the Great Reset, who have convinced by way of paying or other methods of compromise, our local, our state, and our federal leaders, um, again, whether it's compromise or payoffs or whatever, they want to uh, insert <laughs> and, and bend over. Okay, they want to insert um, this agenda into American politics, but it's just not or into American society. It's just not America, though. It's throughout the world, throughout the Western world, where there is a freedom of choice yet today. But remember when I say three things that we cannot get past, that we have to, three mo events within modern or within recent history that we have to address, and that's the, uh, the uh, uh, COVID, SARS-CoV-2 attack, biological attack on the world by the Communist Chinese Party, number one, uh, and along with that, the, uh, the response to that. Uh, number two is November 3rd, when they had blatantly and flagrantly overtaken our political system. And the third thing, overtaking our judicial system, this November or uh, January 6th, this plays a big part in this as well. 
January 6th plays a big, I mean, this is not talked about enough. What happened on January 6th and the response to this uh, January 6th event, this disturbance, is playing a huge role in all of this. And it's displaying, it's exposing the agenda of the communist globalist left, showing you that, you know what, there are two tiers of justice. The people who are patriots and who love our country, we're going to treat you different than the people who burn, burn out a police car, burn down a federal building in the Pacific Northwest. And they've already installed, and I'm talking about the communist, globalist, leftist, globalist leaders have funded and installed governors, district attorneys, very important, and judges to make sure this change continues. So we can continue with the, uh, um, with the, uh, with the, uh, sorry, with the video, G.R. Griffin. I haven't slept in two days, so uh, my apologies. There it is. Go ahead. In 1943, the following directive was issued from party headquarters to all communists in the United States. It read, When certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them, after suitable buildups as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic, and use the prestige of anti-fascist and tolerance organizations to discredit them. In the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names which already have a bad smell. The association will, after enough repetition, become fact in the public mind. All right. Did you hear that? When certain obstructionists become too irritating, label them after suitable buildups as fascist or Nazi or anti-Semitic. What are we seeing today? We're seeing exactly that. The patriots who demanded election integrity on the 6th of January. They are the fascists. They are the Nazis. President Trump, Nazi. Anti, I mean, he's a Nazi. He's a fascist. The followers, despicable, deplorable people, the Nazis. So the public mind, those people, and this is, this is why I talk about the, the book from 1978, which is out of print, and thank God I've got a copy of this, that, that gets into uh, behavioral modification of the populace. There's a scientist by the name of B.F. Skinner, and I'm doing this from memory and I apologize, but B.F. Skinner back in the 60s really infiltrated the, the public and private uh, institutions and uh, education. And, and it's just an incredible story about how this person, this B.F. Skinner, um, said essentially that, you know, you, people have no soul and we, we need to modify their behavior. We need to control their behavior. It, it was a blueprint for what's happening today. So when you have MSNBC and, and all of the mainstream media outlets just constantly, constantly saying, these are the, you know, Antifa good because they're, you know, they're fighting this fascist, tyrannical, oppressive machine while labeling us as, as deplorables. And this goes back to Clinton, of, of course, Hillary Clinton. This goes back to these words that have been introduced into today's lexicon have been, they, they were not just um, sound bites that, you know, well, that, well, that sounds good. That happens to, well, like the, a basket of deplorables. You know, where'd that come from? She's just off the cuff. No, these were engineered to put into today's lexicon as well as the term fake news, just like conspiracy theory. 
but again, in the public mind, constantly associate those who oppose us with those names, which already have a bad smell. You're talking about something from 1969, which is referencing something that gets back into the 30s. So these people know exactly what they're doing. This is why this video is so important. And the link to the video without my uh, babbling you know, uh, interruptions will be in the program description box at hagmanreport.com. So again, watch this and let's continue because truth is a far superior weapon than deceit. And this is how we fight this. So go ahead and let's continue and finish the, the video. But because they are lying, it's possible to expose them. And this is their Achilles heel. Now, by comparison, we have nothing to hide, therefore we have no reason to lie. And we wouldn't want to even if we could. Truth is a far superior weapon than deceit. It's a weapon which is denied to them. And in the end, it will be the decisive weapon that destroys them completely. We get a lot of advice from the council, so this will mean I won't have as far to go to uh, be told uh, what we should be doing and uh, how uh, we should uh, think about the future. People like Hillary Clinton know, even at that elevated position, Hillary Clinton, you'd say, was one of the big movers and shakers. Compared to the Council on Foreign Relations, she's not. She's a small fish. And she knows that she's got to uh, get the approval of the CFR. I had a friend Nick Rockefeller, okay, who's one of the Rockefeller family. The ultimate goal that these people have in mind is to create a one world government. And this is given me straight from Rockefeller himself. This is what they want to accomplish. Not just any world government, but a world government based on the model of collectivism. In other words, big, powerful, centralized world government. If it were a world government based on the principles of freedom and uh, freedom of choice, freedom of culture, low intervention, if no intervention in the lives of normal human beings, it might be a wonderful thing, but that's not the kind of world government the left and the right have in mind. They're talking about total world government with all major decisions being made at the top and people at the bottom being peasants, basically, in a high-tech feudalism. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, Band Video had uh, put that compilation together. I want to thank them for allowing me to use that. Uh, Alex Jones and the staff, great job. Great, great people. And I have to, I can't say enough good about them. All right. So what are the uh, building blocks of, uh, of what's taking place here? And I go back to my original statement, just like you have when a serial killer, when you look at a serial killer, 99.9% .9 of the time he fits um, the homicidal triad. Okay. That's the uh, cruelty to animals being, you know, during young, when he's young, uh, when they're young, uh, the um, uh, arson as well as bedwetting. All right. It's, it's always a common trait. Not always, but the majority, vast majority, I'm not sure. I, I, frankly, I don't even know if we, uh, if there are any that doesn't fit that homicidal triad. But so what's the, what are the homicidal triad um, indications, indicators of the globalists? Because if the, these are serial killers, which they are, then there's got to be some sort of, of uh, in my view anyway, when you're doing a, a behavioral profile, you have to look at certain commonalities behind the, or, or amongst the, these you know, vast, big world, uh, one world government types. Um, and even more important than that, however, 
what are their tools? Because just as a serial killer might, you know, might use a knife or might use a ligature or might use a gun, as we saw with the son of Sam, for example, what are the globalists using? Because again, this is a mass serial killing event that we are witnessing. Don't please understand what we are witnessing here is the killing off of you and me and on the level of targets. So if, if, if you were to prioritize targets, you've got to go after the Christian and conservatives first. You've got to shut them up or compromise them in some way to, to convert them to your side. So the, the conservatives, especially the conservative voices, which is why we're seeing, quite frankly, in the conservative uh, talk box, the chair force, we're seeing an increase in death threats. We're seeing an increase in people messing with our communications. We're seeing an increase in um, uh, adverse things taking place in our in our realm. So, so one of the first things I believe that we have to visit is the release of this biological weapon because this happened prior to and was predicted long before the election of uh, 2020. As a matter of fact, the building blocks for this is, as I said the other day, is contained in that Rockefeller document of 2010 where they talk about this in the past tense. So, okay, if we look at that document which is on HagmanReport.com. I think it was posted back in April. But so if we look at that document and we follow along, what's uh, at least on the uh, biological weaponry side and the response to that, that being one element, one side, one part of this takeover, what are we seeing here? What, um, uh, how can we expose this as being part of the larger World Economic Forum, CFR, Trilateral Commission, Bilderberg Group, uh, Bohemian Grove attendee, Illuminati, whatever you want to call these these shadowy groups that, that form this consortium that wants to take over the world, that wants to kill you and me. And, you know, people say that that's, that's overstating the case. I don't think so. It's amazing to me to read, for example, on uh, uh, sewage sites like Democratic Underground and, and other sewage sites like Media Matters and um, uh, Right Wing Watch. I mean, I mean, it's just amazing to, 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 for me to see uh, how these people are nothing but brainwashed morons. They're useful idiots. They think they're going to get a seat at the globalist table? I don't think so. When, when their job is done... They'll be they'll be at the you know middle or end of the line in terms of the executions, and I'm not talking metaphorically either because when you study history, you can see where all of this is headed. You can see where this is going toward a complete um, communist takeover under this one world governance. We've got to save the planet. And the other thing too, when you look at this next clip, think too of climate change because when we lose the effectiveness uh, when when the, when the when the layers are pulled back off of the coronavirus SARS-CoV-2, they're going to need something else to fit in there, and of course that's going to be climate change. All right, so let's go to clip one. This this <laughs> uh, this is based upon 
I think it was, when was that, Wednesday? Yeah, Wednesday, the first hour of Wednesday. Remember that, that video I showed on the first hour of Wednesday? Let's take a look at clip one. Fauci knows he's been caught. This is a two-minute segment, and it's pretty enlightening. Go ahead, let's uh, play that one. So listen to this, and I want to break it down for everyone to see what's actually going on here. The, you have to look at this instance of Fauci and Rand Paul compared to the last instance of Fauci and Rand Paul. Because last time it was, we didn't fund that lab, we didn't fund that lab, we didn't fund that lab, and now compare it with this one. Okay, we funded, but it wasn't gain of function, and it didn't kill anybody. Yeah, it's not the one that right? killed people. So he, what he's using yeah. is a tactic called peeling back layers of the onion. You peel back one layer while still protecting your center because you're in an attempt to get through the defense. So he peels back that one layer, makes the admission, but then start immediately goes into rhetoric, immediately goes into emotion, immediately goes into attacking yeah. uh, Rand Paul's ad credentials, et cetera, ad hominems. He knows he's been caught and he's using a term of art here he's trying to say gain of function doesn't mean what you think it means right. it only means what we think it means look we know about the humanized transgenic mice we know about the spike proteins we've been going through all of this and that isn't even by the way the contention the contention is did the funding mean a tactical transfer of, a, of essentially this experimentation this method from Barrick through NIH funding, through these projects, through Dashak to Wuhan, what did they do with it afterwards after they had the technology? Okay, for all you folks down in North Carolina, Natalie Winters is going to be back on tomorrow. University of North Carolina, dangerous what's been happening down there. Natalie Winters, how do people follow you on social right. media? Natalie Winters, um, definitely follow her. And I want to thank Steve Bannon for allow, allowing me to use that, that uh, clip as well. Again, folks, and Jack Posobiec. Um, I've had the opportunity to have a dinner with him and his wife, uh, great people. Jack Posobiec has his um, background in naval intelligence. Now, he speaks fluent Mandarin. And uh, I'm sitting at a table with him in Washington, uh, having him break out in Mandarin, you know, uh, it just blew my mind, okay? It's, it, it, it's amazing what he knows and, and how uh, all of the things that he knows. Which brings me to this next, uh, I believe it's this next clip here. Um, it, in fact, it is. Well, let's see here. It's actually clip three, which I, I, I suppose, well, we're going to hit clip two first. I'm going to stick to the script here that I wrote. Um, just, I uh, just want to tell you this. The PSYOP that is taking place now involving the jabs the so-called vaccine, which is not a vaccine. This is all part of the psychological operation against the American people. Clip three will address that, but clip two goes into what is really in the vaccines, what's going on with that. Um, um, the, uh, this is from a vaccine expert who, who's, who really explains, lays out what's happening with the, uh, the COVID-19 vax and explains it in a way where I think you can take the information from this and have a conversation with your doctor, with your neighbor, with your family member. Um, this is important. Now, also, you've got to understand, too, everything that we're hearing about this, this vaccination, it is not true. I mean, when I say not true, I'm talking about what's coming from the mainstream media. I'm talking about what's coming from the uh, CDC and the World Health Organization and, and the so-called experts, the people who appear on CNN and MSNBC. 
this is, it's not true. And they will disparage or attempt to disparage people like this. I believe this is Dr. Malone, uh, who know what's going on with this jab. So let's play clip two. I can tell you, Dr. Malone, the audience absolutely loves you and, and supports you and, and know you're a man of truth. Here's the thing. I just want to make sure, because we are doing the special on, and Dr. Mercola is going to help, is going to co-host. Uh, we've got a whole raft of, uh, of uh, people on there. I'm going to talk to And I'll, uh, and I'll be on his show get, tomorrow. Perfect. And I would love to talk to you and be a part of this. I just want to make sure the audience knows this. You're not an anti-vaxxer. In fact, you're the op you have spent your entire career, you've dedicated your life to basically finding vaccines. Is that correct? I, I played a key role in bringing the Ebola vaccine forward that we now call the Merck Ebola vaccine. I've also been very involved in drug repurposing, and that's been the focus of the team that I've been leading together with colleagues at the Department of Defense in the Defense Threat Reduction Agency. I work closely with the government and have for years, and I choose to work quietly and behind the scenes. This, But what's happening here is different. It's fundamentally different, and it's not right, it's not proper, and it's not fair. It's not according to the rules. Well, what is, this is what I think people have such a tart, we're not conspiracy theory guys at the war room, but we say there's no coincidences. Why, why is the apparatus acting this way? And why are they demonizing people like yourselves that have dedicated your life to it? You want, you've found, you, you're the foundational technology. They're now trying to, uh, they're trying to disappear you as the Chinese Communist Party says. What is it that has caused this? And have you, did you ever think in your entire life you would see behavior like this from your colleagues and from the scientific and medical community? No, the, the, and a lot of us that are, that are a little more open-minded in the physician and scientific community are amazed at what many of our colleagues are, are, are being led into doing. Uh, what, what drove this? I think it's a, 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 a kind of an alignment of events. We've had all of this push in favor of vaccines for years and years and years by Bill Melinda Gates Foundation to the exclusion of anything else. There's, there's the Tony Fauci has had his entire career. He's never actually succeeded in producing a vaccine. And the Moderna is out of his vaccine research center. So this is finally an opportunity for him to get the big win at the end of his career. I, I, I'm perplexed at, at what's happened, but we've ended up with this kind of sensation of, of alignment of big tech, big pharma, big government, uh, um, in, in media, uh, there, this trusted news initiative led by the BBC is amazing. It ties it all together. And then we have Welcome Trust and Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation now are funding these pop-up uh, fact-checking operations that are appearing out of nowhere. And they're being paid, you know, people that fashion themselves as journalists but have no prior training are suddenly... Um, writing attack pieces on me and everyone else as an attempt to delegitimize us. As my wife pointed out the other day, all I'm doing is spending hour after hour trying to help people understand the fundamentals of vaccinology and uh, molecular virology. You would think the government would pay me for it rather than trying to shut me down. But uh, I, there's, there's this belief that we have to um, control information and not provide anything that might be perceived as 
contrary to the dominant narrative w that would lead people to accept vaccine. And what's wrong and, with that is the bioethics demand that everybody have full information about the risks that they face. And the government and isn't providing that. In your career leading up to this, in the scientific discovery process, was it ever like that? Didn't you have full, you know, you have a thesis, a theory of the case, you debate it, you try hypotheses, you test. Sometimes you're right, sometimes you're wrong. Have you ever seen it this way where it's so lockstep and so you cannot get away from the dominant narrative? If you do, you're going to be, you're going to be disappeared. It's nothing like this. And, and I've, I've been through outbreak after outbreak. I've never seen anything like this integration harmonization and enforcement. I mean, it is it is overtly authoritarian and it's coming down from above and it's coordinated and it has developed, they've developed a bunch of different vehicles to reinforce this dominant narrative and make it so that no other information is available to people so that people behave the way that uh, the Health and Human Services and, and World Health Organization want them to behave. This is behavior control. It's really psyops is what's happening. It's applied psychological operations to control people and their behavior so that they will accept these products, which are still experimental, um, based on technology that has never been deployed at this level. And uh, it, the, as the data are coming out, it's becoming more and more clear that these products are not completely safe. Dr. Malone, we're going to have you back on. All How right. can people can get to you? That right there. Um, and the, the entire link to the entire clip, including his way to follow him, will be in the program description box of the HagmanReport.com. What he said there, I think that segment, if you listened closely, and I would urge you to go back to the source and listen again, do it two or three different times, because the alignment, what he said there, is now he he would be in, to me if if we were in a trial scenario he would be an expert witness to bring in and say okay there is this unprecedented alignment with big tech big pharma big government the media this collusion that exists and it's evident it's there for everyone to see they're all singing the same song the same narrative you remember of course the uh, um, I don't know how long ago it was but the videos of, of the different uh, news stations saying the same thing and they put them all up on the screen saying the same thing, the same script. This is what we have with this. So the question is why? What's this all about? And he touched on it. It's behavior modification. It's, uh, it's all about control of the populace. It's all about really uh, indoctrination of people with false information. And that's what this, that, that's what this is all about. This is a tool this is a tool for compliance. You will obey. You will comply. And it's not a carrot and stick approach anymore. It's just the stick. For example, we see in France, you want to go to the store, you want to ride public transit, you want to go to whatever theater, you will show your vaccine passport ID. This is where the big tech is in, in bed with big pharma and the government. Again, this is not about... Any, well, this is all this is about is control. I hope you can see that, and I think that was a brilliant clip. Now, that's the that that's a tool. That's the method being employed by the globalists. Now, the next one minute clip. This would be 
clip three. This is by Jack Posobiec. Again, I, I know Jack, and I'll tell you what, one heck of a intel, intel guy, okay? He was in naval intelligence, and he understands better, probably better than anyone, and I would defer to him in terms of this behavior modification, this psychological operation that is being conducted, because he's very well well versed in the uh, Communist Chinese platform of brainwashing, of mind control, of, of and don't forget the Chinese were behind back in the Korean War, the brainwashing of our uh, GIs, the behavioral modification of our GIs, the captives. A big, a huge, I mean, there are books written on this. So this is what's taking, this is not new now, but this tactic is, be, is being employed and it's there for everyone to see if they want to see it. Let's go to clip three. This is a, a one-minute summation by Jack Posobiec on the same platform, of The War Room, uh, commenting on Dr. Malone's uh, appearance and as what he said. Go ahead. Uh, you know something about PSYOPs? A little bit. You buying into that? Uh, you can see what's being done now. They are deploying yeah. assets against Malone. They are erasing yeah. him. But have a debate with the man. Yeah. Bring, bring him on. That used to be how he did things. But now it's unpersoning. It's PSYOPs. This is what we get from the Stasi. This is what we get from the CCP. This, this is why I talk about the axis of the elites between the 1% and the CCP. You can see the tactic flow. You, you've got the, the overstate. It's the overstate. It's the thesis theory of the case from Jack. By the way, I want him to take a few minutes to go through his bona fides. Look at that track record. That that is got, no what that's what the track record. Right. Wikipedia <laughs> says that he doesn't exactly. exist. Exactly. Uh, who is this guy? It had nothing to do with anything. He's not of this. there. It doesn't exist. Okay, tomorrow morning. Uh, All right, you can more stop right there. Yeah, he, Wikipedia. By the way, folks, never use that as a source. Maybe uh, for dates or something like that. But beyond that, uh, forget about it because it is uh, Joe Pistone. I just invoked Joe. Pistone. Forget about it. Uh, who we interviewed on this uh, show before. But uh, understand what's happening here. So the COVID, and I'll just put that as, as one of the uh, sides of the equilateral triangle, the triad, COVID, of course, the weaponization, but the weaponization includes the response to this biological weapon. All right, let's go to, well, what else is going on? Well, we see right now where there's audits. Audits taking place in Arizona, Maricopa County. And, and this is unique, I believe, unique by itself, because you've got Maricopa County, you've got uh, the Board of Supervisors, there's five on the Board of Supervisors, four are Republican, one is a Democrat, but you've got un this uniformity. We cannot allow these audits to, you know, this audit, it's all BS. We have to replace the machine. I mean, it's just absolutely incredible what has happened in Maricopa County. Um, and the, the beauty part of this is those people who are taking a stand against the audits, we can now identify the, the who's who. We can identify the enemies. We can identify those people who are on our, our side because uniforms are gone. Labels, Democrat, Republican, they're gone. They don't exist anymore. It's either the, the traitors or the patriots, at least in my view, in my assessment. And again, I'm looking at this from an investigative point of view as if you're the jury and we're just presenting you information. You decide, maybe I didn't make my case or maybe I didn't make my case. 
But this is bigger, and this is the other thing. This is bigger than any one platform. Uh, I, look, I, I love Steve Bannon, but it's bigger than what he's talking about. It's bigger than what others are talking about. You've got to look at the huge picture, in my view, because the elite, the one percent, the world, uh, the one world government people, uh, they are laughing at you for not getting this. They're laughing at me. They're laughing at all of us. And they're going to be laughing at us when they, right up to the time when they pull the trigger or pull the switch or do whatever they're going to do to make sure that we can't speak anymore, that we can't live anymore. So let's go to this next clip. This is about the audits because, and this is an important one because I don't exactly remember when this was on the war room. The question is asked, okay, we have an audit in Maricopa County, but here's the, here's the important part. Then what? Okay, then what? So I'm going to take, I'm going to advance you from it's there, it's uh, it's going on, and let's say it's you know shows that uh, that President Trump won. So then what do we do? Then what? This is a question that no one else is at, or very few are asking, but we like to address because this is going to define, in my view, this is going to define what happens next. So go ahead and play clip four. Okay, it's nothing. It's okay. Here's a quick question, and I haven't followed it like, like you guys, so I'm, I'm just a, we're maniacal. I'm just listening to it on the radio. You know, I wake uh, up at like three a.m. Like, audit, audit. I, I, I know. I, I, what are you talking about? I'm blowing you up. Get back yeah. to work. Two experts. So here's That's my true. here's my stupid question. In the end, you prove massive fraud. In the end, you prove enough votes to turn the election. Here's my question. Then what? So do we? We if we go to our lefty friends and say, here's irrefutable proof that the election was stolen. Are you going to do the right thing? What are they going to say? Where's to Mike Lindell when you need him? <laughs> we have an They're arrogant. going to say, are you kidding? No, it's going to stand. Uh, how do you weaponize this, Steve? I don't want to tip our hand too oh, okay. much. Well, I don't want to tip our hand too much. Here's my point. Hold on. Let's, i got to call Lindell. <laughs> Lindell's going to the Supreme Court with some. He's got the lawyers. Well, he's got Dershowitz. Q, he's got Q, these, Q Oronto. Yeah, Q Oronto. So, so they're all figuring that out. The ground game, he's the air marshal. The ground game is just grinding. We're taking Navarre's report. Mm -hmm. We're going to Georgia, New Hampshire. They're up there. Pennsylvania. Not, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I think I'm here in Wisconsin. They're having yes. maybe not the high levels they're having in Pennsylvania. People are talking to move this one step at a time. It's going to take however long it's going to take. One thing I can tell you, he's bleeding out political totally. capital. Completely. That's why the morning console poll had him below 50% at 48%. It is accepted fact that the 1960 election was stolen by the Democrats. Accepted fact. Okay, that's a historical fact. So, so if one believes that that happened in 1960, how do you not believe that that also happened in yeah. 2020? Yeah, well, that's just absolute common sense. And real quick, on Georgia. Well, uh, you know, it's the old guy here. Let me just say, the Democrats have been stealing elections since Thomas Jefferson. Uh, uh, Aaron Burr was the first, found, one of the founders of Tammany Hall. I wrote a little book called The People Versus the Democratic Party, laying out the fact that, as I famously said in National Review 12 years ago, the Democrats are a criminal organization masquerading as a political party. Wow. And I will stand wow. by that statement until the day wow. I die. There's nothing legitimate about this right. party. Lincoln should have disbanded them. He had a whole week before he won the Civil War and then... Oh, wait a minute. A Democrat killed him and put a Democrat in the White House. How much more do you need from these people, America? When are you going to rise up and say, this is not a legitimate party. This is an evil group.
group of criminals. And by the way, to Peter's point, what? when you steal an election, you don't steal it by a million votes. As JFK's father said, I'm not paying for any landslide I'm not here. paying for a landslide. JFK, genius. you steal it for a genius. little bit. And genius. JFK was so brazen, he used to joke around that you're palling around with the Rat Pack. Oh, by the way, look at all handsome. Yeah. Oh, by the way, my dad said he's not paying for a landslide. But, that, but that's how smart Joe Kennedy was. Right. I don't want to get too much attention to this. No. That, that's why they were so tight. They waited. That's why the vote overnight to see what they what had to they do needed. to win. Time Magazine article. Way. They always do it that way. You, the thing about the Democrats is they are very smart and they just take exactly what they need and a little bit more to get it. And we never stop them. This All right. That's a good question. Then what? Now what? Now what do we do? All right. And uh, uh, that was Boris Epstein and Matt Walsh on with Steve Bannon. And again, a lot of this comes from Steve Bannon's war room because a lot of this is topical, and and he brings he brings the uh, the people on. Okay, now, then what? Well, Matt Walsh goes back to 1960 when it. And folks, I don't know how many of you are living out there that remember that time period. I was too young at that at that age, but. When you look back and you look at the actual historical events regarding the election of 1960, Kennedy did not win. And you heard Matt Walsh talking about that. Kennedy did not win that election. Was it not for his father calling in some favors? Hey, I don't want to win. You know, we don't want to win you know, with a landslide. Just enough to win. The template of the Democratic Party. Now, I'll use it, the Democratic Party in this case because that identifies that group of people, uh, even though, again, it's, it's, uh, the parties don't matter anymore, but at least in that context it does. At that point, they're the ones that said, hey, wait a minute, we, um, this is our guy, we want him in. And you know how he's been deified and glorified and he's on money, he's on the, you know, the, the, the half dollar and of course, it's interesting, too, to just go beyond that when, when uh, Kennedy slipped his chains of his handlers, you saw what happened in Dealey Plaza. And, of course, everyone says, well, yeah, that was one shot, right? One, one, one Looney Tune shooter. Okay, people won't realize, won't see, a lot of people won't see the, uh, the conspiracy behind that, sadly. And of course, Ruby coming in and killing Oswald. Oh, you know, that's, we can explain that. Okay. Coincidence? Yeah, I think not. Um, we, we've got to save uh, Jacqueline from the trauma of a trial. Okay. Right. Whatever makes, you know, whatever helps you sleep at night. So the question becomes then what? Once this is exposed, because you heard Richard Proctor and others say, there's, there's, no, there's no constitutional remedy for this. So what happens? Think back now. Think back to the foundational segment of Jared Griffin talking about, you know, really causing chaos in this country. Now he spoke about the blacks versus whites and whites versus blacks and other uh, other uh, uh, elements here. But now we have a big problem because now we're back in 1960. Where hey, wait a minute, wait a minute, that that that, that election that that was stolen. That was stolen. Okay, but without getting too deep in that, because we could spend an entire show on that. What do we do about it? Well, one of the um, 
the forums I follow is patriots.win. That's patriots.win. There's a lot of information on there. And to whoever, whoever this person is, Professor Oak, God bless you, my friend. Uh, this was put up early today. This is uh, page two, Eric, the tech, if you want to put it on the screen. What, uh, what this individual, what individual poster did, and I'll put a link to this in the program description box, is put up the identities of the groups who are fighting for election integrity. For example, Patrick Byrne, the Arizona Audit Fund, Cyber Ninjas, New Hampshire Integrity Effort, Georgia Audit, uh, Michigan Lawsuit, Arizona Rangers, and something up close and personal to me, Pennsylvania Audit Effort. All right, there are petitions, affidavits, recalls. Certainly sign those, get involved before, again, before their deadlines. And again, the source of this is patriots.win. This is kind of a, uh, in this in this post, this is an uh, all-in-one stop for election integrity. This is what we can do while we're waiting for or in advance of whatever happens next, whatever happens after, you know, what now? And then there's additional updates as we scroll down, like how grand jury, how do grand juries work and um, the events that are about to take place. And, and the, the stuff is updated pretty well. Voting machine companies are members of EISCC, I, I believe it is, or that could be an exclamation point, I'm not sure. Um, read that. And then it goes into different states like Arizona, op, uh, options for the Arizona Senate, the individuals that must be able to come read this stuff. There's a resource for those people who are saying, what, what, what can I do? What, what, how, well, hey, I can't do anything. I'm just a, I'm just here, you know, in my, uh, in my apartment or in my house. I, well, you know, I can't do anything. Well, yes, you can. And this gives you a lot of uh, uh, places to put your pressure on. And if we all put our pressure on these different places, we can win. But we can't win if we don't speak out and speak up and stand up and speak out against this. So I would encourage you to visit this this uh, particular site and this particular thread, patriots.win. Uh, I have no affiliation with this, except I do monitor what's going on there. And uh, there, in this particular thread, there are a lot of su superior assets and information links that you can take advantage of. All right, so what we have, the first leg of the equilateral triangle, the COVID-1984 and the response to it being a weapon and weaponized against the American people and against all of the West. And then the blue Democrats, the leaders like Macron and such, putting the jackbooted, uh, uh, they're, they're, they're tyrannical thugs. You can't do this, you can't do that. They're creating two separate classes of citizens by design. Again, think back to the foundational video. It's black versus white. Now it's the vaxxed versus the unvaxxed. Okay? The unvaxxed are going to be second, secondary citizens. And there's a lot of a lot of weaponization of facts in order to make the unvaxxed the murderers. And we are actually called murderers of people out there when in fact none of that is true. None of that is true. Okay. So you've got that. The second part, of course, the, the second leg of the triangle, uh, side of the triangle would be the November 3rd coup. So what is an outgrowth of that coup on November 3rd? 
You had the disturbance on January 6th. You had President Trump say, hey, let's get together. I am going to have a rally on the 6th. And uh, let's, you know, let, let's do what we need to do to, to make sure we don't lose this country. Well, all right. When you start digging into the facts of January 6th, a lot of ugly things start dropping out. It's kind of like when I, I, I was recently this weekend, I was at a, uh, a rural potential crime scene. You want to hear, you want to hear me scream like a, like a little girl. Okay. I didn't, but almost not afraid to admit that there's two things I really hate snakes and spiders. But when you take a shovel and you lift up, Oh, I don't know, a carcass of a dead animal, a whole bunch of stuff kind of comes out of there. Snakes, spiders, bugs, you know, everything. All right. I'm telling you, you left up the carcass of November 3rd, or actually the November or uh, January 6th event, a whole lot of bad people start, you know, crawling out of there. Oh, and by the way, I'm going to just, uh, if you don't mind, part of this, I'm going to show you this. Remember that plot to kidnap Governor Whitmer from Michigan? Well, if you go to page three, Eric the Tech, just because th this actually is the template that's being used by the FBI, by the intelligence agencies, but specifically by the FBI. And this is the template that was used on January 6th. The Whitmer, the Whitmer kidnap plot gives you the playbook of the FBI. If you go to page three uh, on this. FBI agent in Whitmer kidnap plot arrested for assaulting wife after swingers party argument. Scroll on and sh show the picture of this FBI agent. There he is. Does it look like an FBI agent? Y your model fed, does it? No, certainly not the Ephraim, Ephraim Zimbalist Jr. Uh, kind of guy. But this guy, this guy right here, led the charge, led the plot. He was the brains, the mastermind behind the plot to kidnap Whitmer. He was the guy that said, hey, let's do this and let's do that. There were more FBI agents and assets in that group than there were alleged perpetrators. But, oh, we can't say that. All right. That was one plot, one time. And when you look at that particular, when you look at that and you unpack that, this is exactly what happened on January 6th. Well, what do you mean? Hang on. Hang on a second. This is what happened on January 6th. Um, like them, don't like them, I don't care. Uh, well, be, in fact, before I get to, get to that, let's go to clip five. Um, there are people right now in prison, and this is not getting enough play. Let's talk about the people still in prison. Now, you're going to see some photographs of the people who are still in prison. I don't care if, seriously, I don't care if they are Antifa looking, if they're white, I don't care if they were wearing a white hood, I don't care if they're wearing a black hood, I don't care if they are an American citizen and they're being held without uh, any kind of charges laid against them, without any bond, then we have a problem here with our justice, justice system. So the first one is going to give some light on the people still in prison. Remember, now, this is the January 6th in response to November 3rd. 
but what what happened here is the weaponization of the word insurrection against people who did nothing more, at best, if anything, than uh, than trespass. Go ahead and play clip five. Democrats are still trying to milk whatever political gain they can get from January 6th. You heard that there are upcoming hearings that are going to be terribly, terribly partisan and probably very dishonest, as has been the national conversation about January 6th. You've heard it. This is the worst thing that has happened since the War of 1812 in Washington, D.C. It is total nonsense. No one was killed that day except Ashley Babbitt. We'll talk about her in a moment. But what really galls me, the number of people who were arrested yet are still in jail and have not been convicted of any crime. This has been going on and on for months now. Uh, Michelle Malkin, Newsmax contributor, calls this uh, the American gulag, and I agree. I want to start with Jacob Anthony Chansley. Remember him? The horns guy. He was all over the place. Look, I'm not saying he didn't do anything wrong, and ultimately he'll be punished, but he's already been punished, and it's ridiculous. All this time in federal custody, he didn't hurt anybody that day that we've seen. He didn't break anything. He was polite, yet he's still in federal custody. What's happening here without being convicted of a crime? And he is just one of dozens who are still in custody. We'd like to show you some of them. Again, they're in trouble, but this is ridiculous and it's un-American. Zachary Allum, still in jail. Noah S. Bacon, still in jail. Michael Leon Brock, still in jail. Nicholas James Brockhoff, still in jail. Alan William Byerly, still in jail. Samuel Camargo, still in jail. William Crestman, still in jail. Lonnie Kaufman, still in jail. Timothy Lewis Hale Cusinelli, still in jail. Charles Donahue, still in jail. Carl Dresch, still in jail. Michael Joseph Foy, still in jail. Matthew Green, still in jail. Kenneth Harrelson, still in jail. Dominic Pizzola, still in jail. Jeffrey William Sills, still in jail. Anthony Troy Smocks, still in jail. George Tanio, still in jail. Paul Von Bernowitz, still in jail. Jessica Watkins, still in jail. Carrie John Walden, still in jail. Ricky Christopher Wilden, still in jail. Now listen, many of these people may in fact be guilty of a crime, and that's fine. But let's get on with it, okay? And whatever they're guilty of, they're not guilty of insurrection. Don't believe what the media says. Don't believe what Democrats, we've been through the charges. Let's go through them right now. This is what those individuals are charged with, okay? Parading, demonstrating or picketing in a Capitol building, disorderly and disruptive conduct in a restricted building, entering and remaining in a restricted building, civil disorder, disorderly conduct on Capitol grounds, destruction or injury to buildings or property in special maritime and territorial jurisdiction, wow, entering or remaining in the gallery of either House or Congress. You never hear, you never hear about insurrection when you go through these documents. These documents, by the way, which they have purposely made, um, kind of hard to track. I think they want to make this confusing so people 
won't talk about them like I'm talking to you about them right now. But remember this, when you hear insurrection, they are lying because insurrection is actually, there's a law against insurrection. You can be charged with it and no one has been. So when they say this, they are either lying or deliberately ignoring it or maybe just ignorant. Clearly, this was a deadly insurrection. Clearly, they were attempting to overthrow our government. This is an insurrection. Last week's insurrection was shocking and tragic. We've seen an unprecedented insurrection in our capital and a brutal attack on our democracy on January the 6th. There is a presidential-inspired insurrection. Plain and simple, an insurrection. The president of the United States incited insurrection against our country. Insurrection was an existential crisis, a test of whether our democracy could survive. All right. It's just hyperbole. It's just for dramatics. This was not an insurrection. And oh, by the way, (laughs) no one had any firearms. Isn't that interesting? I think it's significant. Meanwhile, if you are a left-wing protester slash rioter, You can riot, you can stab people, and you can be walking about just fine. You remember the summer of Black Lives Matter. We're still living with the after effects. Here in New York, a couple of lawyers, no kidding, firebombed a New York City police vehicle, allegedly. They've been charged. This was back in May of last year. Sometime in June, they were let out of jail. These two individuals let out of jail, uh, restricted to home confinement, but that's a lot better than jail. Why? Well, maybe because they're leftists, maybe because uh, they're sympathetic to Antifa. And there are a lot of cases like this. Again, if you're on one side or look a certain way, it seems like you're okay. All right. To me, that was an extremely important uh, broadcast there, a broadcast clip, because, and Greg Kelly did a great job of outlining no one's been charged with insurrection. The worst, you know, entry into into a restricted building. Well, last time I was in there, uh, I walked right through the doors, and I was in Statuary Hall, and I was standing right next to uh, one of the uh, uh, senators. I'm not going to get into into that, but uh, I could have walked over and said, "Hey, how you doing?" You know. Uh, the fact is, this is the people's building. But more importantly than all of this or more importantly, to kind of wrap this up. When President Trump, when President when Trump was president, you had uh, the invocation, invoking the separation of powers. Hey, you can't touch, you're the executive branch. Well, the, under the executive branch is the judiciary, of course, but you can't, you, oh, you can't interfere with the judiciary. We saw that with Comey. We saw that with uh, with others. We saw that with the Mueller investigation, how they weaponized the Department of Justice under uh, Comey and under uh, Chris Wray. Uh, well, that's the FBI, but you saw it with the entirety of the Department of Justice, where they weaponized that against President Trump. Now, why did, why did they fight so hard to, to remove President Trump out of there? Because instead of invoking or making sure that there was a distinction between the branches of government, now you've got puppet Biden in there and all of the different branches now are working in tandem with each other. The speed bump of President Trump, he's not there anymore. It's gone. They made sure of that. By, by the release of COVID-1984, by the release of the, or by invoking a lot of the uh, responses to that, draconian responses. 
which led up to the coup of November 3rd, which then led to uh, January 6th. So all of this kind of is combined together. Do you think all of this was just one magical, serendipitous series of events? Boy, things were just right, you know? Just amazing how that happened. No, this is a criminal conspiracy at the highest level of the world leaders. In fueling that, and this is because I'm going to bring Austin on here, fueling that, and I've seen this up close and personal over the last several months, and especially over the last couple of months, fueling this is the, um, and I want to be careful of how I say this, the blood of the innocent. And I mean that, the blood of the innocent fueling all of this is a demonic force. And I don't say this lightly, a demonic force that is fueling all of this. Because at some point and at some level, you can't go any higher on the human food chain, so to speak. You can't go any higher than the 13 families, you know, the Rothschilds and the Rockefellers and the, you get the idea, right? You just can't go any higher. So who do they, who do they get their orders from? Or who do they, hey, who do they pray to? Well, when you bring that back down to its local level, all right, when you, to answer that question, look locally and look more, um, look look in the areas here, um, whether it be state, local, federal, even, fe- uh, not federal, but state, definitely state and definitely local, you will see that there are events that compromise individuals that involve the blood of the innocent. Do you, you get where I'm going here? So this is all connected. So what are we really fighting here? We're fighting the powers of the principalities of darkness. And I mean that without any reservation. And I'll tell you, Again, over the last couple of uh, months, and especially the last couple of weeks, what I've seen, uh, I you know, um, <laughs> you wouldn't believe. I don't believe it. I've got to look at it and say, well, what I just did, I really see that. Did I really? Is did that really happen? So when you get into that level, it, it's it's really uh, the layers of this onion kind of you peel them back and you see, wow, wow. All of this is connected. So hopefully hopefully that made sense. Folks, if it did, hey, share the hour with people. If, 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 if I made sense to you, showing you the, uh, the instead of a homicidal triad, the uh, globalist triad of events, if you know what I mean. Hopefully it made some sense to you. And leave your comments on Rumble or on Brideon. Tell me what you think. All right, subscribe and leave your comments. All right, before I bring Austin Brower on, I want to thank our corporate sponsors, including Lightstream. Folks, you know, no matter what, we still have to take care of business. And it's a fact that refinancing your credit card balances can lower your interest rate and save you money. And you don't have to be a financial expert to do it. Sometimes doing this just makes sense. You know, if you got five credit cards out there with various balances and you consolidate them and all of a sudden you're saving a lot of money and interest. Right now you can get a credit card consolidated 
consolidation loan from my friends at Lightstream with a rate as low as 5.93% APR with auto pay and excellent credit. It's lower than the average credit card interest rate of over 19% APR. And it means you could save thousands of dollars in interest, hundreds of dollars perhaps on a monthly payment basis. The rate's fixed, so it won't go up over the life of the loan. You can get a loan from $5,000 to $100,000 with no fees. Lightstream believes that people with good credit deserve a better loan experience, and that's exactly what they deliver. Here's just for my listeners, here's what we've worked out with Lightstream, and God bless them for doing this. Apply now to get a special interest rate discount and save even more. The only way to get this discount is go to lightstream.com slash Hagman, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M, lightstream.com slash Hagman. Remember, two ends on Hagman. Subject credit approval rates range from 5.93% APR to 19.99% APR and include a 0.50% auto pay discount. Lowest rate requires excellent credit. Terms and conditions apply and offers, offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash Hagman for more information. You will thank me later. You will be glad you did. All right. Speaking of great things, speaking of great things, have you done this already? You know, we need to be fit. We need, especially today, with all this stuff going on out there, um, we need to we need to make sure that we take care of ourselves, our bodies, our minds. I love taking attention factor. Oh my goodness, it makes my mind sharp. And I love taking all of the nutritional supplements by Health Masters. To me, they're the number one company out there. You can buy. Oh, I don't know. You can you can buy all kinds of supplements from all kinds of places, but the one place that I would recommend, I highly recommend above all others, is Healthmasters. Healthmasters.com. If you, in my view, if you spend your money elsewhere, you're wasting your money. This stuff works. You have uh, uh, vitamin C, excellent vitamin C, aptly named, I should say. Vitamin C with antioxidants. You have got vitamin C powder. Uh, children's. Oh. My grandson's sons like this, the um, uh, children's vitamin C gummies, okay? They, they love it like candy. Folks, go to healthmasters.com and certainly shop for your nutritional supplement needs. I'm going to tell you they have the best of the best above all else in my view. Now, I can't make any medical claims, but I'll tell you what. Um, the people who have been taking this haven't been sick that I know of and have really, really benefited by the quality products they use. That's healthmasters.com, healthmasters.com. While you're there, upper right-hand corner of the page is a link to their show, hour-long show, Monday through Friday. That's right. Go to healthmasters.com and listen to their show, Ted and Austin Brower, the premier father-son investigative reporting team, I believe, on the planet right now. And that is healthmasters.com, Monday through Friday and Sundays. There it is. They even have a Sunday uh, Sunday show. So the, there it is, healthmasters.com. Make sure you listen to them as well. And check their site for news articles as well. Austin Brower, how are you, sir? Thank you, Doug. I'm blessed as always. Glad to be on the show. And yeah, pretty much all the stuff we talk about and more, we have all the articles that we post up every single day on the website at healthmasters.com. So I always encourage people to look at them. And one thing that you know I've been trying to really convey to a lot of people right now is that our health is our own individual responsibility. This collective health mindset that is very new and is quite frankly a very inaccurate concept when it comes to your personal health and this push for this you know, RNA gene editing experimental shot that everybody needs to get it for the collective good is beyond asinine. And it goes against hundreds of years of research and basically essentially health research 
that shows you that there's a lot of different things you can do to maintain a healthy immune system. There's many nutrients like vitamin C and D3 and iodine and zinc that are just good for overall immune system health on a regular basis. And what we've seen now, if just, and this is really something that I, I've just never really witnessed this before because the propaganda is so blatantly clear. You can see it clear as day now is that the concept of personal health responsibility and taking care of your body and eating clean and staying off the high processed foods and the sugars and a lot of the high fructose corn syrup and the list goes on. That concept has been completely thrown in the trash and discarded out to the dumpster. No discussion from any health individual, a health advisor, anybody from the mainstream media or from the administration ever refers to this whatsoever. Nobody talks about making sure you're drinking adequate purified water that's not full of chlorine and fluoride. Nobody's talking about anything other than the only thing you can do is you take this injection. You shut up, you take this shot, and you be a good little collective health slave. And the problem with this whole concept is it throws personal liberties, personal responsibility, and overall constitutional rights out the window alongside of it. Because now, with what they're starting to say, I saw an article earlier here, this was quite disturbing. The Alabama governor, Governor Kay Ivey, came out now, as you saw yesterday, and said, and I quote, it's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks for the rising cases. These folks are choosing a horrible lifestyle of self-inflicted pain. Now, I'll be honest with you right now, I'm not going to sign for that. She's completely and totally out of her mind. She's obviously regurgitating whatever Pfizer or Moderna or AstraZeneca essentially told her to say. She made the comments during a press briefing and she said, let me be crystal clear about this issue. The new cases of COVID are because of unvaccinated folks. We've got to get them to take the shot. There is no question about it. The unvaccinated are who we need to focus on. This is common sense and it's time to start blaming the unvaccinated folks you know, when I hear rhetoric like this, you can't help but almost laugh from, a, from an ironic standpoint. The people that primarily have not been injected with this gene therapy shot, the very people like me, like you, like Ted, like most of my friends, we're usually the ones that are maintaining our overall health and taking care of our body and eating good food and taking nutrients and exercising. A majority of us, pretty much almost everybody I know that's chosen not to get this experimental gene therapy shot, pretty well good shape, takes pretty doggone care of their body. So it's ironic for me to see this moron that's literally telling everybody, whoever has not got the shot, they're the ones you have to blame now, which is a complete and total lie. What we're seeing now is, and here's the irony about it, if the COVID shot is so effective and it works so good and it's so safe, why does anybody else care if somebody's unvaccinated? If you got the shot, you're allegedly protected, right? You're safe. You're good. Nobody can say anything to you about it, except that's the difference. Nobody's wanting to question the narrative that the VAERS report is now over 12,000 deaths in the United States. Nobody's wanting to question the fact that Guillain-Barre syndrome, now there's been over 500 cases directly linked to the Johnson & Johnson injection, and that the FDA had to put a doggone warning label on the box that it can cause Guillain-Barre syndrome. But hey, don't read any of that. Don't worry about any of that. Don't talk about any of that. In fact, we're going to bar you from even speaking about this on social media from the last 
22-page memo that they've now put out. They want Facebook to literally censor anything that even talks about the COVID injection unless it's pro-COVID. So you can see now how we're watching the divide of the country again. Because remember, this is what the concept they do with Cloward and Pivot is divide and conquer. You have Republican versus Democrat. You have conservative versus liberal. You have now vaccinated versus unvaccinated. They have to break the sections up into different categories of people and then pit them against themselves. And you're watching the beginning phase of this start to occur because there are a lot of people now, a lot of people that are hardcore liberal leftists that are now literally saying, you do not belong in society if you do not get this shot. You do not need to be out in public. Speaking directly of that, one individual who basically Andy Slavitt, who is the former White House senior COVID advisor, proclaimed that the Biden administration should become very aggressive and force unvaccinated and workers and students to take daily tests and cover the cost. He said, and I quote, agencies should be saying, hey, if you're coming here, you need to be vaccinated. If you're not, you need to show, have a negative test every single day. We want you to show up every morning an hour early to work and get a negative test at your own expense until the point where people say, you know what? It makes more sense to actually get vaccinated. If you give people that option, I think you're going to see more people take the option. In other words, what he's saying is force people to get a gene therapy RNA shot that they don't want simply by ostracizing them and financially crippling them in society and not allowing them to do anything. That's where they're taking this right now. And this is the beginning phases of it. And I was so concerned that this was going to happen last year when I started seeing this push for the shot with Operation Warp Speed. And of course, now, unfortunately, it's exactly what we are seeing now happen right in front of our eyes. And now very, very quickly, where we have governors saying that essentially it's the unvaccinated fault for everything that's going on. Let's not look at the death rate. Let's not look at the facts. Let's not look that the gene therapy shots not even been approved. And the Spanish researchers are saying that it's full of graphene oxide and you're putting warning labels, warning that Guillain-Barr syndrome may occur when you get injected with it. Ignore all of that. And it's your fault simply for questioning, not wanting to get that shot. I'm almost to the point, Doug, where I feel like we're in like the Matrix Twilight Zone. I can't even understand how some of these people say this with a straight face. And you know, if, if I can interject here, because I think uh, this one video clip I, I was going to play in the first hour and I didn't. Uh, yesterday, CNN medical analyst, Dr. Lena Wen, um it was it was pushing for vaccine mandates as the country supposedly deals with this new variant and all this. Uh, I don't know whether you saw this, but this to me is absolutely chilling. Can we play this? Just it's just a minute. Can we play this? Can absolutely, we, uh, send it. All right, let's let's show this. This is let me ask part. you this, Dr. Wen, because I remember in May when the CDC made that decision, which many people felt, and when we had no idea this was coming, right, and it came. And part of the incentive for it was to incentivize more people to get vaccinated. Like, here's the reward if you get vaccinated, you can lose the mask. With 50% of the country still not vaccinated, could a uh, result at par in part of this be another disincentive for people to get vaccinated? Do they need to weigh those things? 
I definitely think that the Biden administration should be thinking about these things. And this is the reason why it should not just be a decision of the CDC. Part of the problem, I think, is that the Biden administration has been equating following the science with listening to one scientific institution, mm. when actually the implication is not just about the actual data and the physical science. It's also about social science and people's behaviors and what's likely to come as a result of them. The CDC in the first place made the right decision when it comes to the science, but they didn't take into account human behavior. And I think there's something that the, there's one thing the Biden administration can be doing right now that would change the equation when it comes to incentives, and mm -hmm. that's to use proof of vaccination. If they could say, get the vaccine, you have a proof of vaccination, you can take off your mask. That would be really key. And I also think right. that vaccine mandates are something that will have to come. There it is. There you go. And it's behavioral modification here. You notice how she intertwines social social uh, behavior uh, with this. So, yeah. Yep. Yeah. No, you're, you're exactly right. That's exactly what she's doing. Social science, basically social behavior and modifying people's behavior. She's the same individual that came on a month and a half ago, and or two months ago, I think, and said, what are we going to incentivize people with? What is the carrot going to be? To get vaccinated. And what's interesting, there was a tweet that went out the other day from an email that got basically sent out from a CNN individual, and the email got released, and people put it on Twitter, and it said, the carrot versus the stick, the carrot is no longer working, which is implying the next option is the stick. So if we can't incentivize you by bribing you with a carrot, the next thing is going to continue are basically the beatings from the donkey on the donkey with a stick. So basically the morale, basically the beatings will continue until the morale improves. The old adage says that's where this is headed next. Now they're going to not only have incentives to get the RNA injection, they're now going to have disincentives if you don't get it and start saying, listen, you're just not going to be able to go out. Look what they're doing in France already. Look what they're doing in Greece already. France came out and said the old prime minister over there, Macron, he goes, okay, by the way, if you don't have a vaccine proof now, you can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to the mall. You can't go shopping. You can't go to a bar. You can't go out. You can't do anything, essentially. You know, you're, you basically need to stay at home and think about what a bad person you are. And the thing that I've realized, and I, I've seen this in many cases with different topics all across the country for years now, anytime something is incredibly effective, very safe, very positive for the community. You don't have to incentivize people to get it. <laughs> you don't really have to do that's it. Right. If it's something that's really good for society, vast majority of people go, this is actually pretty positive. This is actually pretty good. I've done my own research. I've looked at it. I've weighed it out. And this is a, this is a great option. The problem with it is everything points away from getting the shot and says, don't do it. If you've got a brain on your shoulders and you have cognitive reasoning and deductive reasoning, you can go, okay, one plus one equals two. There's a reason why there's so many reports of people dying. There's a reason why we have literally have hundreds of reports, hundreds of reports now of women who are pregnant and they get the shot and their baby's dead within two to three days. There's women that have basically been breastfeeding. They start breastfeeding after they get the injection. Within two to three days, the baby is so sick and will not eat. In many cases, the baby dies or is in the ICU. I'm getting emails like this from all over the country, from listeners, from friends, from friends of friends, all over the place. 
This is not an abnormal incident now. This is actually becoming a normal incident, which I don't think it's normal in the sense of it's okay. What I'm saying is it's becoming a regular occurrence. And the problem that I have with it is now them trying to go in and demonize everybody that simply questions being injected with an RNA shot is so telling showing us exactly where this agenda is going. And I saw this article earlier because we had talked, I think the last show, about when we thought the FDA approval was going to come through. And we pretty much have the answer now. And this, in my opinion, is what's going to start the really big wave. You know, I've been pretty accurate from the last year and a half about what's happening. I try to look at current events. I try to look at what people are saying, and I try to look at what they're trying to push and read between the lines. Last year, I said that the vaccine passports were going to come a thing in liberal areas, and sure enough, they have. Even in New York and California, they're starting to push them. Well, now they're starting to say the reason why some people may be slightly hesitant is because it's emergency use authorization. It has not had full approval. So again, they're trying to get full approval on an injection that's experimental because essentially the emergency use authorization runs out, if I'm not mistaken, by 2023. And then the whole process starts over again. So we knew at some point they're going to approve this. Per basically Bloomberg.com, Pfizer has said its COVID-19 injection was granted priority review by the U.S. regulators, putting it on track for a full approval. Drug makers and its partner, Biotech SE, said on a statement Friday that the Food and Drug Administration plans to whether or not they're going to approve the shot for use in people 16 and up with full FDA approval by January 2022. That's when they're going to let everybody know if they think this is actually something that's going to be okay. Here's the problem. If this Pfizer injection actually gets full approval in the United States, you're going to have a very serious issue with a lot of businesses that want to try to mandate this because now they can't try to mandate an emergency use injection. I've told people that repeatedly. That's why there's been so much conflict in workplaces now where they're trying to basically mandate this shot because essentially if a business tries to mandate an emergency use drug, which is what this is, and there's a side effect, an adverse event, there is open doors for lawsuits against that company. Not Moderna, not Pfizer, not any of the company that manufactured it, but the actual business. So say you work for Walmart and Walmart says, you have to get this shot or else we're going to fire you. So essentially they're saying from an employer standpoint, if you do not get an experimental injection, we're going to use that as cost for termination. Well, when most people signed up for work for Walmart, they never signed a form that said they were going to allow themselves to be an experimental guinea pig as terms of their employment. So there's a real gray area that some companies are trying to operate on. That's why they've been trying to really force the shot without actually mandating the shot from a termination standpoint. Once this injection becomes approved at that point, it becomes very difficult from a legal standpoint to sue the company for firing you because now it is a true FDA approved vaccine, which in reality, it's not a vaccine. It's gene therapy. It's a treatment. That's one thing I haven't understood this concept when nobody else has been saying this. Immunizations, vaccines have a very specific aspect on how they're defined. The Pfizer company came out and they blatantly said the shot does not protect you from COVID, nor does it prevent you from spreading COVID. It simply lessens your symptoms if you contract COVID, which means it is a de facto treatment. 
It is not an immunization. You do not build a true long-term immunization against COVID like you would say a tetanus shot. You build nothing. You build spike proteins. Your body turns into a pathogen production manufacturing site due to the RNA technology and you produce your own spike proteins. This is why you're starting to see people have the blood clots all over the place. The spike protein causes horrific issues with the blood vessels and the cardiovascular system. This is why the blood clots are happening all over the country. And of course, majority of the doctors are saying it has nothing to do with the shot. Completely coincidental. Guys, you don't have to be a rocket scientist to read basically some of these studies and see what's going on with some of these reports. Do your own research. Don't just take my word for it. Do your own research. That's why I continue to tell people your health is your responsibility. If you want to maintain a healthy immune system, maintain one by taking good, high quality supplements, by exercising, by keeping your D3 and vitamin C levels up, by making sure you're eating clean and not shoving McDonald's and Taco Bell down your throat every single day and lowering your immune system with glyphosate and high fructose corn syrup. It's our responsibility right now because we are at that pivotal point. There's a reason why you're not seeing much more than half the population fully injected right now. You'll see the numbers swing a little bit higher, but we've reached a point now where we're pretty much divided right in half of this country, where the people that haven't gotten it and are not going to get it are pretty much never going to get it unless they have some type of forceful injection thrusted upon them. And if that happens, there is only one option left in this country. That's if right. somebody's you and they say, listen, you're going to get injected with this, whether you like it or not. There's only one option to that. That is not only battery, that is forced experimental basically procedure, which is illegal under the Nurburgring code. So you cannot just go in and say, listen, by the way, bud, you're getting injected with this, whether you like it or not, we're going to experiment on you. At that point in time, you have the legal right, in my opinion, to use deadly force to defend yourself and your family from an experimental procedure being done again on you against your will. That's just as clear cut as I can make it, Doug. You know, that, um, yeah, and folks, we've talked about this before. You're going to have to make a decision. You're going, to be, you're going to be forced to make a decision. And by the way, the FDA approval process is going to have to be circumvented, or at least uh, the, the rules as they were up until this point are going to have to be broken in order to uh, to grant the, these experimental mod gene-modifying jab juices into an FDA-approved FDA vaccine yep. if that's if that's not even the right word but um so yeah um however uh, and, and this is something I, I watched in real time this week you know you mentioned this the VAERS database there was something odd that happened this week the VAERS database reported deaths in the united states following um getting vaxxed okay the number went from 12,313 which was reported wednesday all of a sudden, that number is now standing at 6,079, which was the exact same number as reported the week prior. So they're lying to us. They, they are, um, and why would they do that if there wasn't a problem? Why would they silence the people like Dr. Malone that I had uh, played during the first hour and the so-called disinformation dozen? Uh, Dr. McCullough is on there. Uh, I think Dr. Sherry Tenpenny might be on there. I'm a, I, I had a copy of that, and I, I don't have it. But, you know, all of this, is this, I mean, I, I consider this, and I, and I addressed this in my first hour, I, I, can, I consider this uh, one of the 
modes, methods, tools, uh, one of the legs of a three-legged triangle, uh, much akin to the homicidal triad, but, but more in terms of the mode and method of, of taking down the American public and, and all of the West, I consider this as, as really a necessary component that has to be instituted because real quick, and then I'll shut up here. Um, I say that and my wife laughs at me and she says, no, you're not. Um, <laughs> uh, you have the confluence of the Biden administration and social media giants speak of the need to censor misinformation, okay? Uh, there's an abundance of misinformation, but it's not on our side. It's on their side because we're, we're, we're looking, look, this is based on science. Here it is. Um, and, and these are the very same people who say we have to, we have to stop this misinformation that they're peddling the misinformation. So you've got tech oligarchies like Facebook and Twitter and such responsible for more information than ever before. Uh, and this is actually accelerating under Biden. Uh, we have not seen any kind of, uh, any kind of uh, talk about ivermectin? My gosh, you, you you mentioned that you could be, you know, jailed. Apparently, I don't know. But um, here's here's the bottom line. Here, my question: It seems like all of America, or many America, at least half of Americans, have embraced this authoritarianism in exchange for really what? For nothing. Why? They've lost money, they lost freedom, countless lives, thanks to the push to experiment with this jab juice, um, when in fact they could have been offered uh, cheap, generic, and proven therapeutics like ivermectin. Or, hey, even, even better, make sure your own uh, um, immune system is up to snuff. Take healthmasters.com. And I, I'm a big proponent of this, folks. Go to healthmasters.com. Please do that. Please get your nutritional supplements from here. I, I can't, I can't say anything about any other supplement except Health Masters. And I know that this is, this is lessened the symptoms of um, just the regular cold and flu. Uh, in my experience, I'm not making any medical claims. I've just seen. I know what I what I've seen. Vitamin C, mega doses of vitamin C when you're not feeling well. I've seen people pull out of bad stuff. Vitamin B for. Uh, uh, energy, you, the immune system support kit. I mean, my goodness, it's right there all packaged for you. So please, folks, go to healthmasters.com and take advantage of that. Uh, Austin, I will shut up now. And uh, so my wife doesn't laugh at me now. So I will shut up now. And go ahead. No, no Doug, Doug, I always enjoy, you know, all the aspects and viewpoints that you bring up as well. That's why we go back and forth very, very effectively. But you, you're absolutely right when you nailed it on the head. This concept now of what they're trying to do is as far as approval of this shot you're exactly right about it there's a there's never been in a shot a vaccine so to speak just name it that that's what they're calling it even though it's not that there's never been one that was sped through the clinical trials like this never not one single time we are the freaking clinical trials yeah, it, I mean, the, the phase three clinical trials were two months long. I mean, you, you can't even get a basic preservative to go in bread that only has two months of clinical trials. You can't even get anything on the market with two months of clinical trials, period. It's better as far as you can get the FDA's blessing on it. So that right there was already a giant red flag. And then you took the concept of, they're using RNA technology, which before 
this COVID pandemic was never even approved for clinical trials because it was too experimental. The FDA went on record and said, RNA technology can open up essentially Pandora's box. We don't know what the long-term effects are going to be from this. We can't allow phase or facing clinical trials of RNA technology shots. Can't do it. Then all of a sudden, the pandemic came along. Oh, that's fine. Let's run the clinical trials. Oh, well, we'll, we'll shorten them. We'll make them two months long. Once they're done, we'll just automatically give it emergency use. We'll have zero idea of what this is going to do long-term at all. And then it's exactly what you said. The CDC has actually had to go in and the FDA has had to go in and actually kind of redefine the terminology. You can see this on the CDC side. There's an article I talked about a couple months ago where they had to go in and actually redefine the terminology of a vaccine immunization because there's never been an experimental RNA shot that's been approved for emergency use ever. So when they give this emergency use a actual approval, it's going to change the entire dynamics and open up a door that we've never seen as far as in this country when it comes to drugs and peddling the stuff. Okay. And what's, let, let me, let me just stop you right there yeah. because I think this is a good point to uh, make people aware of this. I don't know how many people have seen this. This was reported in the New York post. I want to ask you this question. Why in the hell? And I mean that in a literal sense, has a Chinese Communist Party military scientist who got funding from National Institute of Health, yes, hey, National Institute, hey, hey Fauci, uh, who do you work for? Who does the NIAID work for? Okay, now he, they got funding. A Chinese Communist Party military scientist got funding from the NIH, filed a patent for the COVID-19 vaccine last year, last February, before before the pandemic, if you will, ever became public. And when I say last year, I'm talking about, let me just make sure, I'm talking about uh, early, late 2019, early 2020. Uh, so this patent lodged by the Institute of Military Medicine, Academy of Military Science, Sciences of the PLA. So, uh, what I want to know is, how does that even happen? Uh, how, how, you, you get where I'm going? How does that even, so you're filing a patent for a vaccine against a, a, a virus, if you will, a biological weapon that wasn't, that wasn't even a thing at that time. Oh, no, you're exactly right. Once you put all the pieces of the puzzle, and that's what we've kind of seen happen out of last year, anybody that's been doing real true investigative research this thing's been a giant puzzle. We've all been baffled by it from the beginning because there were so much lies. We had to pick through all the bad pieces and we're putting the puzzle together now. And it's becoming this very clear picture that this entire thing was orchestrated from the beginning. You know, I, I don't mean everybody and, you know, the government knew about it or this or that. Obviously, from the research that we've seen, Fauci was complicit in this. That's why he got so defensive the other day when Rand Paul called him out. He went, I'm, I'm offended you would say that to me. Well, don't act all pious higher than thou you know exactly what you've done he's perjured himself now he knows exactly what he was involved in he's trying to basically talk out of both sides of his mouth because he don't want to get in trouble the problem with it is he's a cfr member he couldn't even get fired by trump he hasn't been in that position since the 80s he's not going anywhere because apparently fauci's got some either extreme dirt or extreme leverage in certain areas that's why he is able to do what he has done and act like he's some 
a scientific voice of reason and comes out with these random guidelines that people need to follow and literally back traces and reach and reach, you know, retalks himself right out of it. You need to do this. No, don't do that. Do this. Oh, don't do that now. Do this and don't do that. I mean, he's flip-flopped 20, 30 times on stuff and not a single person's even questioned him in the mainstream media because obviously that was his position to do that. And there's also one of the patents, if you look at it, it discusses from the Chinese patent, the usage of graphene oxide in one of the COVID injections. I talked about it on my show a couple of weeks ago. I don't have I the patent yeah. front. And yeah. I'm sure you've seen it before. And so that was where I talked to you before. And you were saying, well, the, the um, Spanish researchers that came up and they tested this and they said it had graphene oxide in it. Well, then all the fact checkers came out and Google came out and said, no, 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 no. This is not accurate. This is not real. This is, this is, this is, this is fake news. Well, then the patent came out, and everybody saw the patent with graphene oxide and the COVID-19 injection. And then all of a sudden, they came out and said, well, listen, this is what they were using it for. The only reason it has graphite oxide in it is to be a carrier. First off, graphene oxide is not even approved for any type of human consumption via the FDA. So why in the world do you have something that's used in the manufacturing of lithium-ion batteries and you're injecting it into people's bodies and you're telling us it's not in it, well, then you're saying it is in it. Well, it's not really in it. It's just for this. But a patent that says it's in it, again, you will know somebody by what they actually do. People can run their mouth. They can talk out of both sides of their mouth. Look at their actions. That's why the old verbiage, actions speak louder than words. Their actions are very clear what they're doing. What they're saying, their lies, their propaganda, their rhetoric, their complete and total lack of ability to even bring up the concept of natural nutrition, of ivermectin, of hydroxychloroquine, of any of that, they completely and totally ignore it and say there's only one option to get out of this pandemic, and that's basically the injection. I'm down here in Florida. Florida was probably the most rebellious state throughout the entire pandemic when it came to following guidelines. There were certain pockets of Florida that were nightmares, like Orlando and Miami. Choose not to visit those much anymore. But majority of Florida, especially where I live, northern areas, central northern areas, there was really much, not much of anything. You had a lot of people that still wanted to run around with masks while they walked down the sidewalk by themselves. But that was just blatant brainwashing. The vast majority of Florida didn't comply. And so it was the giant social experiment that proved the whole thing was a complete and total sham. If what we were told from the beginning, if COVID was so unbelievably deadly to every human being and the mortality rate was through the roof and the numbers actually matched the statistics, Florida should have been like the black plague down here. We should have bodies lined up in the street, except we didn't. Majority of people that actually got their time card punched from it were older individuals. Majority of them were obese. So you had obese, older individuals that basically died from a viral infection, majority of which had at least two or more comorbidities via the CDC's own admitting. So was it really COVID that killed them or was it simply a viral infection from this bioweapon and their immune systems were so horrifically compromised they could not fight it off? Because remember, if you're obese, the only way to get obese is to eat copious amounts of garbage food on a regular basis. I'm just going to be honest with you guys right now. You can send me letters you want. If you want to argue with me about it, I'm going to ignore them. I've been in nutrition my entire life. I used to be an amateur bodybuilder. I used to train people. I used to have clients. I used to do everything was based around nutrition. I have never seen a normal person 
that can go and eat grilled chicken, rice, and broccoli every single day and eat super clean, get up to four or 500 pounds and be morbidly obese. I've never seen it done. In fact, the opposite is true. When I've worked with people that have been obese and they really want to train and they really want to change their diet and I put them on a still pretty high caloric diet, but it's extremely clean their weight drops precipitously. They're going to have to buy clothes every other month because nothing fits them anymore because they're not eating all the processed food and eating 10, 15,000 calories a day. So when you see that and you factor in the large percentage of individuals that were obese that died probably ate unbelievably horrific and didn't take supplements, you start putting a correlation together while saying, hey, wait, listen, if you're in decent shape, if you got your body weight under control, you're eating clean food and you're taking some supplements, the chances of dying from this virus are slim to none. And that's exactly what we've seen now. And you're exactly right uh, to what you said. I, I've, I've seen photographs from the 50s and 60s of people at uh, like a uh, Las Vegas pool and you don't see the yeah. overweight, you know, uh, blubber. God, thank God for that. Um, versus today when everyone seems to be overweight. But to, to your point, um, the questions have to be asked, but you can't, you're not allowed to ask these questions. For example, how are these so-called COVID cases counted? Are they, are they overcounted? What constitutes a case of COVID? Why is the asymptomatic thing a thing even? How many people died from COVID as opposed to with COVID? What happened as well to the seasonal flu? What happened? Because the numbers don't reflect that. Is, and is COVID just a bad flu similar to, you know, um, the, the swine flu back, back in the day? Um, and again, on and on these questions, but we're not allowed to ask them. And the fact that we're not allowed to ask them should, should ring the bell of every moron out there. I'm not talking about our audience, but the people who are saying, well, you know, trust science, trust government. Well, yeah, okay. You know, shut up. I mean, just shut up. Go ahead. They've given us zero reason to trust anything they say. And simply from early precedent, you go back to the 90s with the, fly, the swine flu vaccine, where they basically rushed a, a, fly, a swine flu vaccine out. They started inoculating. I think it was up to almost 25% of the U.S. population at the time. They hit almost 50 deaths directly related to the injection. And there were almost 500 cases of Guillain-Barre syndrome that came on after the initial shot was given. They immediately halted it by that point. They said, this is not safe. This is not okay. And the thing about it, the different part was at that point is the vast majority of the American populace was absolutely adamant this was not okay. They were very vocal saying, dude, this isn't cool. 50 people have died. You know, this isn't, we're not, we're not fixing anything. There's obviously something wrong with this injection. Now we're seeing literally tens of thousands of people dying, horrific adverse events, including Killian-Barr syndrome again. And now we see the complete opposite push, not halt it, not test it, not run another phase trial to see what's actually happening, what's causing this. It's simply shut up. You're talking disinformation. You're not allowed to talk about this whatsoever. Get back in line and get your shot, you stinking peasant. That's exactly what they're saying to us in a nutshell. And, you know, I told you guys years ago that incident happened in Australia where basically the vaccine coalition effort to expose a lot of the toxins and adjuvants in current vaccines put up a billboard. And they said, do you know what's in your vaccine? Question mark. 
That's what it said on the billboard. Nothing else. No accusations, no statistics, nothing. Do you know what's in your vaccine? Just a blatantly question, blatantly open question. And the prime minister within three days had it removed, forcibly removed down, said it's rubbish. We will not allow these things to be pushed in our country. Well, then my question to the prime minister was, what's being pushed? They're simply asking a question. And if somebody asks a question, I learned a long time ago, Doug, if you ask somebody a question, and they immediately go on the hardcore defensive, there's usually a reason they're hiding something or they're hiding something they don't want to get caught. Most people, if you ask them a general question, they go, oh, that's a good question. You know, well, probably this and this and this. But if you ask them a question, all of a sudden they turn into a hyperventilating, screaming nightmare and go, you can't ask that question. You can't do that. Why, why, why can't I ask the question, oh, you're a vaccine denier. I simply just asked you what's in the vaccine. Well, we're seeing the exact same thing in Australia happen now in the United States. You cannot talk about this on social media. We've gotten blocked and banned on so many different platforms just bringing up topics. And everybody's seen it now. Anytime you even say the word COVID or vaccine, anything. They automatically put a CDC link up at the bottom of it, even if it's just a general comment. So you can click the CDC and go read their propaganda and rhetoric firsthand. This is the textbook definition of a tyrannical regime that's losing control and they have to do everything they can to control the narrative at any and all costs. This is China. We're watching communist China, the same ideologies, the same things they do to their citizens. We're literally watching them start to be implemented here in the United States. And it's, it's, it's darn time that everybody starts standing up and saying, no, I'm not going to consent to this. You can yell, you can scream, you can call me a name, you can say all that if you want. No, I'm not going to bend. No, I'm not going to consent. Because all this is about right now, like the Alabama governor, these clowns on CNN, it's all about trying to force you from a social psychological standpoint into consenting to get this injection. Because as I said before, I think they're all pretty much clear with the hundreds of millions of firearms and still the hundreds of thousands of legal machine guns we currently have in civilian possession in the United States, I think they understand that if they try to actually do a full-blown mandatory force hold you down injection, that it will go into a full-blown hot war. And so they're doing everything they can from a social experiment to try to coerce people into doing it from basically social discord and ostracizing you and making fun of you for not wanting to take an experimental gene editing shot. That's what it's starting to appear to me now. Folks, if you want more of this, what you're hearing, and, and I know you do, um, Ted Nelson Brower have a one-hour informational download every single day, Monday through Friday. Uh, go to healthmasters.com, click on the upper right-hand corner, and listen to their shows. Every show, to me, is a is just an eye-opening experience. And while you're there, please shop for nutritional supplements from um, your Ultimate Multiple and to, to vitamin C, B, the immune support kit, you, you name it. And also they, they've got tremendous food buckets. You know, uh, I, I don't talk much or enough about the food buckets. You know, we need to be prepared. Well, they've got, in my view, the best of the best, the quality food bucket. And I've opened one of those and eaten the food inside because I don't want to wait for a, you know, calamity where, I, you know, I'm looking to, uh, I'm eating, you know, sawdust and, uh, you know, ugh. But this stuff is good. This stuff is good. So, um, you know, so I, I, and even my, 
even uh, my wife didn't know she was eating a long-term storable food. And she thought, oh, this is pretty good. Where did you get it from? Um, in other words, she thought I ordered out, but uh, uh, not, not seeing what I did. But anyway, it, it's, it's all good, folks. Go to healthmasters.com. That's healthmasters.com, as well as... Uh, Listen to uh, Ted Nelson Brewers. Like I like I said, uh, now our information download it really is great. Austin, um, you know, so I fully expect to see something happen here because we cannot continue in this fashion. The more we rip the layers of obfuscation and uh, misinformation, disinformation back from this, the more they're going to be pushing back. Because as far as I'm concerned, they're they're in their end game scenario. Do you feel that way? I mean, so so there's gonna be we're, we're fixing on fighting. I mean, you 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 come at me with stainless steel. I'm gonna come at you with with uh, brass and lead. Okay. Yeah. Um. That and that's just my view. look. You know, that's not tough talk. Uh, I, I hey, I always say, you know, at my age, life in prison doesn't certainly doesn't uh, scare me. Okay. Um. You know, given the fact that, that you know most of my life is behind me, but I, I know a lot of people are feeling that way. So, what do you, what do you think is going to? If you would project out a few months, or you, you know, how's this going to play out? Well, what we're seeing right now is the clear example of a desperate loser. What's happened is now the deep state that's running the Fed is in damage control mode right now. They know the level of information that's going out and people are seeing the truth. People are reading the truth. People are talking about the truth. This is why they put a 22 page memo out that basically says they want Facebook and all social media platforms to immediately scrub any disinformation. The disinformation, exactly what you said, it's not disinformation on our end. They're the ones peddling the disinformation. This is a, a true losing battle tactic. So now what you're doing is you just start going after anybody that questions what's going on. You keep telling everybody, we're right, we're right, we're right. Don't look at the desk. Don't look at the numbers. Don't look at the science. Don't look at the research. Don't listen to the doctors. Don't listen to anybody except us. We're the only people you should listen to. That's desperation talking. So my opinion, I don't think all these things are happening right now by coincidence. We see the same thing right now with the ATF trying to do a scorecard on uh, pistol braces for AR-15s and such forth. There's huge comment section. A lot of people have commented, this is something that's going to expand into something way bigger. So I have already told everybody, get ready for that. That's going to be something on the horizon very soon. Because one thing we have seen about ATF is they do not like to lose. They are willing to burn down an entire compound, killing women and children, just so they can make sure they hold their control. they're willing to give machine guns and 50 caliber weapons to the Mexican drug cartel and say, oops, we lost 2,500 of them in order to further their drug war agenda in Central America. These guys are not, they have no boundaries. They will do anything they have to, to grasp control. And so what we're going to start seeing here is I think we're going to start seeing an incredibly aggressive push for these shots, as we're already seeing right now, but I think it's going to get worse. I think you're going to start seeing businesses that are controlled by a lot of the global banker clowns that are pushing this agenda. I think you're going to start seeing mass mandates come back again. I think you're going to start seeing lockdowns come back again in some areas. And again, it's going to be fully blamed on the unvaccinated. 
and they may come out and they say, listen, like, like the, the Asian doctor said on CNN a minute ago, I think you need to have vaccine passports is what she said. So you can do this if you show your shot. This is how they're going to start implementing that. I think that's very well going to become something that's attempted to be implemented. Down here in Florida and a lot of other states, they've signed laws now that this is not something we're going to go along with. But I think there's definitely something big on the horizon with some type of false flag, whether it's a war, whether it's something domestic. There's something that's going to have to happen soon from their standpoint, if you're looking from a strategy and tactic standpoint, to change the focus off them losing. If we keep doing what we're doing, we are winning the information war. More and more people are waking up. The numbers are there. They're showing that half the population hasn't been injected with this. They don't want to be injected with it. They absolutely are not going to be injected with it. And so you're going to start seeing more and more push to control the narrative, which means at some point in time, they're going to pull the trigger on something so big that it's basically going to be like a 9-11 style attack again to completely pull the narrative. Remember Rumsfeld right after 9-11, basically, or right before 9-11, uh, well, we, we've lost trillions of dollars in the war. We have no idea where the money went. We don't know what's going on with it. Bam, 9-11 happened. You've seen similar instances happen like this with numerous other attacks or false flags where something's reported and then all of a sudden, boom, something happens. Same thing with these senators when they were putting together the hearing safe act that was going to remove suppressors off the the NFA list and you were going to be able to basically buy them with a background check, which should have been done decades ago. Right when they were getting ready to vote on that bill a week later, you had the baseball shooting up there in D.C. So random clown brings in an AK with all these mags, wound up tied in a tick on a hound dog, shoots a bunch of the main senators that were pushing for the bill. And then, of course, he's the lone gunman. He gets executed. And it was a random shooting attack. These things don't happen by chance, in my opinion. Once you connect the dots and you see what's happening, it makes you realize what's starting to occur. And I think, like you said earlier, I think food is personally going to be one of the next tools, probably by 2022, 2023. I think food is going to be used as the next weaponized tactic because we've seen the droughts. We've seen the basically El Nino. We've seen the flooding. We've seen it all across the country repeatedly for years. We've talked to the farmers. I get emails from farmers all over the country that have had horrific issues with crops over the last couple of years. And essentially they're just being, uh, they're being subsidized by the federal government to keep planting as many crops as they can, even though it's a total loss every year. So they get subsidized again. Well, that's going to cause an issue of the food shortage, no question about it. And it's going to cause a massive inflationary spike in food that we're already seeing. The UK is already seeing this now. There was a report from, I think it was Euronews over there. They were saying that a lot of the supermarkets are like half and a quarter full of food. People are buying stuff, but the supply chain's running out because a lot of the drivers are not driving anymore. All this stuff is culminating to effect, and that's why I've encouraged everybody, get your house in order. Get in the Bible, be praying with your family, keep raising little American kids. Don't allow them to be indoctrinated into the lies and propaganda and this, this transgender, unbelievably perverted ideology that they're trying to tell everybody, you need to accept it. You need to be tolerant of it. No, I don't. I don't need to be tolerant of it. If you want to do something to privacy your own home, I don't care. That's between you and God and between you and whoever. But when you start bringing that ideology to me and tell me I have to accept it, my kids have to accept it, and not only accept it, I got to embrace it and I got to love it and I got to hug it. No, you don't. No, I don't. I don't have to do anything you tell me to do. This is America. We have rights. You cannot force somebody to believe the way you want them to believe. There's very, very clear precedent for this all the way from the Revolutionary War to current times. You can't start forcing your opinion on somebody and say, listen, 
you can't say this because it offends me. You can't talk about this because I don't like it. There is no precedent for that. That is the speakings of delusional, moronic idiots that think everything revolves around them that live in a delusional world. We cannot allow ourselves to succumb to a delusional world. We have our morals. We have our own beliefs. We have our standards that we live by, and we have our guidelines. If another individual doesn't believe those, that's okay. He doesn't have to follow my beliefs either, but I don't have to follow his, and we don't have to agree on it, and we can go our separate ways. But this induction, this perversion in the school system with these kids now and trying to teach them that basically they can be anything they want when they're five or six, whether it's a boy, whether it's a girl, whether it's an it, whether it's a dog, they can be pansexual, bisexual, bestiality is okay now. It's just totally cool. It's brought in a completely and totally Austin Brower, thank you so much. That was a quick hour. I appreciate your time, and I appreciate your your your. Uh, I, I know it's you're, you're involved in a lot, and I appreciate you coming on. Healthmasters.com, Austin, thank you. Healthmasters.com, folks, go there, uh, order your nutritional supplements. Also, listen to the Ted and Austin Brower show. By the way, Galileo is still accepting now beta test applicants for the next test. Uh, just go to Galileo.com. Link off of Hagman Report website. Please do that. May God bless each and every one of you. Back to the field for me tomorrow and Sunday. Uh, Pray for Russ. Pray for his team. Pray for us. God bless. Good night.